What is up, gamers? Chris here, and thank you so much for joining us for episode four of Horton Brothers Grimm, a video game podcast. Joining me again today are my two brothers, Scott and Zach. You're still here. It's episode four. What are you guys doing? I, I, I fell asleep at the microphone. <laughs> I swear, we're going to start having to like, okay, Scott, you talk. <laughs> Zach. Now you talk. <laughs> that's better. That's better that I'm awake, right? Yeah. <laughs> at least you're both awake. That when I hear you talk at the same time, at least you're both awake. That's always nice. That's I true. can never get him to shut up. <laughs> but I tell you what, I know that we've all three have been having so much fun making these podcasts, and for you guys listening out there, we have enjoyed seeing your ratings and feedback on iTunes. To get this out of the way real quick, please, if you haven't yet, please go to iTunes, leave us a five-star rating, and of course, you can say something cool, or you can say something like Scotty Waddy Potty, we're going to keep going with that. Oh my God, here we go. (laughs) We got to. It's never going to die. You have to keep it alive out there, guys. If you're listening to this podcast, Scotty Waddy Potty, keep it alive. Hashtag, keep it alive. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, if you if you could if you could not do that, that'd be great. I think um, <laughs> Scotty Waddy Potty is offering to pay. Um, if you could not do that, I guess. Oh, you might make some money, so we might want to send Scott some uh, blackmail emails yeah, at Graham at gmail dot com. and threaten him a little bit, see if you can get a little cash out of him. Wow, he won't send us any either because we're his brothers and he don't care. The only way you can threaten. Or or send a threatening email is you have to be a listener. So good luck. Yeah, if you have left a rating, if you left a rating, you can email Scott and he'll send you five bucks. It'll be secret passwords at the (laughs) end. It'll be secret passwords at the end of the podcast. (laughs) I am Scott and I do not approve this message. Oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) So. It's good to have you guys back. Scott, you've been on vacation to Disney. Look at you. Yeah. Disney World, man. Yeah, I'm still That's trying awesome. I'm still trying to recover from that, by the way. Oh yeah, it's hard to do. It's hard to do. I bet you saw some cool video game stuff there while you was hanging out, didn't you? Um I saw a lot of Disney stuff that could possibly have been related to video games. I did see Aladdin and Jasmine while I was there. Oh baby. Don't even get me started on my crush on Jasmine. Disney tries to let EA make some video games, I guess, but they fail. <laughs> They're like, they have to go get EA in check. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, well, glad that you got back from your vacation, okay? And me and Zach stayed in our areas working and making money, and you was out spending all kinds of it. So, good good on you, though. I'm glad you and your family had a good time. <laughs> well, before we go off and making our wives mad, let us <laughs> go ahead <laughs> And get started today, guys. Uh, today we're going to be talking about three games, one from the past, one from the present, and one from the future. And today we have decided to mix it up a little bit for you. So Change the one from it, the future um, is what, Goldeneye? No, the future is not Goldeneye. No. Oh, sorry. Goldeneye will be the last game. Three games we're talking about today. The game from the past is Goldeneye 007, Nintendo 64. The yes. The present day game is Forgotten and by Square Enix. Wonderful game, wonderful game. And then we're going to be talking about a future game called Cyberpunk 2077 that's from who, Scott? Uh, CD Projekt Red, the guys who brought you the Witcher series. Witcher. Thanks for not continuing the Witcher, bastards. (laughs) Well, you know, 
You get tired of telling the same old story. You got to mix it up. Well, I mean, he did kill a baby in the last one. So just like how they're mixing it up, we're mixing it up today. We're going to talk about the future game first. Cyberpunk 2077. So Scott, tell us a little bit about the research you have come up with now. From what I've gathered, it's very slim pickings out there about it, this game. It is very slim pickings. I mean, as far as news, there really hasn't been anything recently. Um, I did see in some of my research that um, a several, uh, like several weeks ago, there was some movement on their Twitter account. The single word beep in quotation marks was posted back in January. Oh, I know what account. that was. That was to signify that they're going to continue to work on the game. Yeah, it's got to be something like that. Um, the game was initially announced back in May of 2012, and uh, they released a teaser trailer in January of 2013. Now, there was some minimal information released around then. It said, you know, that the game was going to be released for Windows 10, and it could possibly be for Xbox One and PS4, but there was nothing definite about the consoles. Now, as I said, the developer was CD Project is CD Project Red. Now they've got a staff of over 300 people working on this game, and I think they, from what I read about what I read in my research, it was uh, more than the people that they had who just finished up The Witcher 3. So they're really kind of throwing they're throwing a lot at this trying to get it ready to go, I'm I'm assuming. Now, the game is based on a tabletop game of a similar title. It's called Cyberpunk 2020. And that's a tabletop role-playing game. I'm assuming it's sort of along the lines of Dungeons and Dragons where you you got the character cards and you write down your stats and whatnot. But anyway, uh, the game is being run in Red Engine 4. I'm assuming that's the engine they used in the la- the latest Witcher game. Zach, what do you think about that? It's quite possible. I'm pretty sure it is Red Engine 4. Also, though, um, I mean, they've had this Red Engine 4 for years, obviously, if they started developing it back in the day. It was announced in 2012. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. really, what are they... Have they been putting like people through medical school? Or, I mean, it's <laughs> six years... It's been a long time. It's a really long time. I mean, I, I, I mean, the teaser trailer looks pretty cool, but all it shows is like a robot getting shot in the face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While they're, I guess, extra blades or something come out of their arm. I don't know. It's pretty cool, but give me yeah. something. Yeah, regarding the Red Engine, according to Wiki, Red Engine 4 is exclusively for Cyberpunk 2077. Okay, uh, nice. Re- so Red Engine three is, was The Witcher three, so they oh, updated okay. it for this game. Okay. So how long ago did they start making The Witcher three? For God's sakes. Uh, well, it came out in twenty fifteen, so there's no telling. I mean, it caused, since they've been Witcher two, un- Witcher two came this. out twenty twelve. Yeah. So they they released so they Witcher it, two and then announced twenty twelve. Then when they announced this game too. Yeah. Okay. Well, see. The game is an open-world RPG set in the year 2077, of course. The uh, the main the main setting is the dystopian city of Night City, California. Now, I know, <laughs> let's, right? Let's be original here. Oh, I'm telling you. 
And then from uh, from what I've gathered, your character is part of a group called Edge Runners. There's eight customizable classes available. Customizable. And sounds uh, like a that sounds like a type of porno. I know, right? Oh my. <laughs> Eight here we go. classes, yeah, okay. So, um, and it says that player choice and I don't know who you're aligned with, who your allies are, it plays a significant part in the way the game plays. Probably nobody since it's like cyberpunk. I mean, usually you think about punk, you're looking at uh, everybody hates you, I guess, or you hate everybody, or you're just all on your own. It's, it's all about, um, you know, sticking it to the man, I think. Of course. Who doesn't want to stick it to the man? The one question I won't answer about this game is, are there boobies? <laughs> I'm pretty sure there are. Robot ones. There's robot mm-hmm. boobies in the te- yeah. teaser trailer. I need I mean, some boobies. like naked, but they're in there. You, you can right. see them clearly. Right. The um, ring is gone. It, it, it is a single player game, so... Sounds awful. And there's no mention of multiplayer, by the way. I just didn't exactly. want to throw that out there. Yeah, it, it is a single-player RPG, so... Yeah, and it says no plans have been announced for multiplayer at this time. Did Witcher th- 3 have multiplayer? No, Witcher 3 never had multiplayer. I don't. I think this yeah, company, I, I think of. their style... I don't think that's their style. I don't think multiplayer is their style. I don't well, even, I do not really see it. It's fine if they don't have a multiplayer, because Witchers, they were pretty good on their own. It's, I guess, sort of like Dark Souls and stuff like that, you know? Mm. Um what they do to them is they just put a level of, uh, I guess, a higher level of gameplay in there uh, for the consumer or the gamer, if, in this case, to well, I think, have replayability. I think that, like, the recent release of God of War, the newest one, has proven to the gaming to community that single-player games are still viable. I love yeah. the God of Wars. On the, like, I had them on the PlayStation 2. Yeah, and I had I had the first two. I never did get the Of course I did not move into PS three, PS four, or even I mean at, at one point I did have an Xbox One, but everybody knows me, I'm PC gaming exclusive uh most of the time unless it's like the Nintendo Switch or like um I guess the SNES classic I have. I'm in the makings of a, a retro pie, thanks to uh, Chris here. So Yes, retro pie is awesome. But um so a single player, I think I, I really think this uh, this company CD Projekt Red. I don't see them making this multiplayer at all. I really don't. Yeah, I I this is my would. speculation. Yeah, they're like I said. There's there's they they announced that they don't have any plans to make it a multiplayer experience at all. I'm just wondering about the story since it's an open world RPG. I mean the the story. How long is it going to be? Got. Uh, uh, they say it's it's a non-linear open world RPG, so there's so no sort of like Zelda Breath of the Wild sounds like is what is what it's describing as. Yeah, I mean, from what I get, from what I gather, from what I understand of it, it's you know being non-linear. That means you can go. It doesn't matter where you go or what you do first or or whatever. You 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 do the story however you want to do it. That sounds about right. Well, it sounds a lot like uh, Witcher Three to me. It, <laughs> it sounds like, it, well, except for Witcher Three is more linear. Um, well, you I'm still can branch say. off though. You can branch you off can, side quests side and things. Stuff, but it's, I'm going to say it's it's not as uh, open as this sounds like it's going to be. So, 
Yeah, this, it's, the one thing about talking about this game is like such a mystery. You can go on the Reddit of this game, Cyberpunk twenty seven seven Reddit, and nobody knows jack squat. Yeah, it's yeah. all speculation. It's all rumors. It's it's a bunch of people bickering and fighting about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, yep. you're That's not. Right. But right now, E three coming up next uh, starts Saturday. From when we're recording this, starts on Saturday. And yeah, so I'm ready for E3. I gotta have I gotta have my uh, my entertainment. So hopefully, while I'm at work, I'll still get to watch some of it. There's big. Everybody has a lot of. Uh, it's it's being speculated big time that they're going to be talking about it at well, E3 this year. Well, the uh, the game developer has actually reserved private room, a private uh, conference room for um, news media and. Um, people from different magazines and whatnot to come in and, and see something they haven't specified as to what, but it's supposed to be an hour long presentation. And so the speculation is that it's going to be like a playable demo of this cyberpunk 2077 game. Um, nobody really knows for sure. Like I said, there's a lot of secrecy around it. They're not, they're, everybody's really tight-lipped as far as the, the company that is developing the game. Yeah, and it's a big mystery. Six years in development, so I, I mean, I don't blame them at all. They just, they're really putting a lot of effort and money in this game. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's going to be very, very interesting to see what they bring out. Yeah, I mean, just from what I can find, just the information I can find, and from the teaser trailer, I mean, I know the teaser trailer is just cgi it's not it's not any kind of gameplay or anything like that so there's nothing really to show you what it's going to look like when it's on the screen when you're trying to play the game so i mean i'll I'll be interested to see what actually comes out of e3 if anything um yes the game is rumored to it's rumored to primarily be in first person it's going to be an rpg with heavy character customization okay so just based on that and the fact that it's set in the year 2077 and it's cyberpunk with robots and you know androids and cybernetic implants and and all these things you know the really sci- really heavy science fiction i mean i'm interested to see how it co- you know see what it looks like i i will play it when it comes out um the single player aspect of it. I like the single player games. Like you were talking about earlier, single player is still a very valid, uh, it's, it's a valid thing. It's something that really needs to happen in a lot of games. Like take for instance, um, Titanfall. When Titanfall two came out, it had a single player campaign. I enjoyed that. That was fun. Titanfall, the first game, I didn't much care for it because it was, all multiplayer. It was all the time PvP. Now I don't I don't mind PvP games. I like PvP occasionally. But I don't like the games that you know where PvP is all the game is. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm with you on that. With the exception of Fortnite and PUBG. Here we go again. I like both of those <laughs> games. I'm not complaining. I don't have a scorn for that. I'm sure you <laughs> no do scorn. somewhere. No scorn. No scorn today. But you know, uh, it's it's a game that has flying cars, robots, and guns. I mean, it sounds like it'll be a lot of fun. How do we know it has flying cars? Based, based on, on the, the trailer. Pre- based on the trailer, it's a flying car. What the trailer's a cinematic. It's a police car. 
I'm just saying. It's the police car. It's flying in the trailer. I, the trailer's good because it's going to show you what the sure aesthetic's going to be. Fighting the police. What the feel of the game is going to be. So, with this company, they're not going to put out something that's going to be totally off of what's going to be presented. I promise well, of course you that. No, they spent a this, lot of time. They spent a lot of time in their games, so that, that's a very refreshing thing. Uh, yeah, this guy, this company has a great reputation. I'm excited to see what happens with E3. So, yeah, we'll take. I can't wait for a few more days. Well, hopefully, Probably. they'll have another trailer out or at least like some type of gameplay. Would right. be good. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I would expect some. I bet there'll be some kind of news, if even if it's not major news, it'll be something. All right. Well, that sounds like we've wrapped up Cyberpunk 2077. Is Unless you guys have something else to add to that. No, I'm good. Um, it's a very, it's a very bleak um, opportunity for information out there for this for this game. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just thin, man. I mean, I the only other thing I can tell you is the the name of the uh, music composer and good oh, luck God. pronouncing that. That's all I'm <laughs> going to tell you because that's sounds foreign to me. Go ahead. I, I think it'll be fun for the audience here to listen to you pronounce it, Scott. Go ahead. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say it's Mars Mar uh, Marcin Prisbilowitz or something like that. What? That's pretty close. I gotta read uh, this. Mar Marsan Prisbilowitz. I don't know. I, I apologize to that man or woman, whoever that is. <laughs> that man or woman? You could, we don't know your gender based off your name. That's how bad your name is. How man or woman is not genders. I'm just kidding. I just <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I, I apologize to him or her for mispronouncing their name. I don't know. Where is it? I don't see it. Oh, never mind. Oh, I don't think you pronounced the Z. I don't know. Prisbilowitz. 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 It looks like Pretzel <laughs> by Lozies. Pretzel by Lozies. That's his name. Uh, again, again uh, apologies to him or her. Uh, I don't know. Based apologize. off the trailer, if you create the music off the trailer, good for you. Good job. That's all I can say to the composer. Oh my goodness. It's a joke. Hey guys, I'll tell you <laughs> what's not a joke. we just go ahead and take a break here? Yeah, th- exactly. You read my mind, Zach. We're going to take a quick break. Do a little commercial spot for our YouTube channel, Horton Brothers Grimm. So we're going to tell you a little bit more about that in this commercial. So stay tuned. After that, we're going to talk about a game called Forgotten and... And Zach's going to lead that discussion, guys. So enjoy the break. Be right back. Horton Brothers Grimm listeners, do you love our podcast? Do you find yourself wanting more of our witty banter and underwhelming knowledge of video games? Then you are in luck. Go to our YouTube channel for Let's Plays and live streams of retro games featuring all three brothers. To find our channel, just click the link in the description of this episode or search Horton Brothers Grimm on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and click the bell while you're there so you never miss a new video. We want to thank you again for all your support. But now, let's get you back to the show. Okay, guys, welcome back to the podcast. We are about to talk about the present day game Forgotten and and Zach is going to lead off this discussion. So Zach, take her away, baby. Sorry, I fell asleep in my mic. Um, there we go. <laughs> so Forgotten and great, great game. I actually had a chance to play this 
if you haven't watched it on stream, go to uh, Horton Brothers Graham on YouTube. Oh, and make yeah, sure you baby. subscribe. Like, subscribe, comment, all that. Yes. So, we have a game from the developer called Throughline Games, and the publisher was Square Enix. So, I'm guessing Square Enix owns Throughline Games at some point, uh, since they're such a big... Yeah, they're just big. Let's put it that way. So, you can play this three types of ways. Well, uh, not really three types of ways. Underwater, just... in the sky, <laughs> under the ground. Two types of ways. <laughs> One is PC Master Race, and two is console via PS4 or Xbox One. Whichever one of those lowly consoles you would wish to choose. I detect elitist in your voice. No, it's just PC Master Race. It's fine. Um, so, basically, you, you're put into this world where things are forgotten. Uh, you play a girl named Anne. She is what they have labeled the Enforcer. Apparently, if you don't do what they say and wear their flair... Um, <laughs> <laughs> what is this, office thing? <laughs> <laughs> if you don't wear their flair, uh, you are a rebel. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to need you to come on in. Yeah, can you come in on <laughs> Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so, great. <laughs> as you're going through this game, like the very first thing that happens is like what they call a forgotling. Uh, like bust into your house and you immediately you can you, you have the choices in this game so you, you make the story your own uh, basically is how how it is in the decisions you make so you can like I, I did play about 20 minutes of the game before I actually did a stream and the first time this little red scarf busted in the door I talked to him and, and he escaped so the, the, while I was on stream, I was like, forget this. And I, what they call distilled him right there on the screen. So basically it took his anima, which is like this blue magic stuff that you that you can control as Anne. Since she is the enforcer, she's wearing is like that this like a, glove I'm or something. I'm sorry to interrupt there. Is that like a soul or something? Um, anima is like an energy. Um, and I'm not sure where it comes from yet because I haven't. I don't know. I I really think the guy that they call Master Bonku or whatever his name is, I think he's the bad guy in my opinion. From from what like from playing the game, I'm like, yeah, this guy seems like a fucking piece of shit, uh, because <laughs> he, he wants everybody to do what he wants them to do. He's like, he's controlling everything, and uh, basically the goal is to uh, get back to the normal place or or, or Earth or wherever you know they came from so i'm trying to figure out why Anne doesn't call him daddy because they came together apparently so it's kind of weird maybe kidnapped her i don't know um i'm just saying it's just a little weird that some man and this girl show up and they're forgotten and they're the only two humans here but everything else is like a lamp or a sock or a scarf or a refrigerator a <laughs> I mean, there's t there's tons of items in here. I was like, one of the cops looks like a damn refrigerator or an old parking meter or some shit. I don't know. One of them's lose, a gun. How do you lose a refrigerator, man? I don't, I don't know. I guess it gets sent to the dump, and it's like, oh, I'm going to go to the to where the you know forgotlings are. I, I know how you lose a refrigerator. You leave it running, and you don't watch it. Oh, Lord. <laughs> here we go. The bad puns. 
<laughs> but but at I, the, I, watching you play this, that sorry to interrupt you there, but you go ahead. But I couldn't figure out what the forgotlings are supposed to be. Are they like used to be human? Were they? No, they're you know, literally a sock. So they're literally a sock. Like they're a Liter- sock that has yes, and it fell into awareness. whatever. Yeah, and they got animated with anima. Okay, gotcha. So That's what you, I didn't pick you up. You saw when I was at the watching. beginning where the guy, like, I, he was looking for his. I, why the hell this guy was putting his socks on from the floor? I don't know. I guess he does do laundry. Um, but the sock, like, one of his socks was left under the bed. He reached for two seconds. Didn't even look under the bed. Just walked out of the room. I'm like, are you gonna, <laughs> are you gonna get another pair of socks? I, mm. I don't understand. But uh, so the sock immediately disappeared. And started drifting down and fell in this, uh, like a lake or a pond. And you know those little things that sit up on top of barns? Uh, it's like the shape of a rooster or whatever. Anyway, one of those was sitting down there. And it's called the Collector, I guess. Because that's mm-hmm. what it said. It said the Collector. And they said, hey, another one's arrived. And, you know, it pulled him out. Put him on, like, this little car for a train. And they all got pulled in. But, um, like, the, the, the forgotlings that don't do what they're supposed to do or... Uh, don't have, I get it was some kind of paperwork or it wasn't really paperwork. It's like a badge thing that they'd give them. Uh, they'd make them go work in what they call a plant, and I'm guessing that's where the anima is like piped in. Um, so basically, you're just running around solving these problems because these forgotlings that aren't accounted for or they're undocumented. Yeah, I said mm-hmm. that. And uh <laughs> <laughs> so they're undocumented forgotlings and they're just blowing stuff up. They like sabotage this pump and it like I guess it got built up and then it and it had an explosion. And um that's where you you know start the game is you you actually awaken to like the lights going out and everything like that. And uh, let's see, basically, I already talked about the decisions matter, but you have to also do these puzzles uh, to actually advance into the next part of the game in some locations, like uh, there was one where you had to do the train, and you'll see in the uh, the stream where I actually ran out of anima to, to do, because basically I had three attempts there, because there was two... Um, containers of anima sitting there that I could use, and I used them, but I didn't have like the switch sets correct. Uh, the switches set correctly, so I had to go all the way back up to the top of the train and wait for these uh sails to go by on the top. So when they're going by, you actually have to hit your little button that that pulls in anima to pretty much stop time where you could go up there and, and suck it out of there before it hits the little um I guess this little thing that gathers it to power the train or whatever the hell it was doing. And anyway, you gotta make sure you do the puzzles correctly. You gotta make sure your anima's not in, you know, let's say you lit up a light and then you run into the next room but you need that anima. You just go back in there and get that anima and bring it back with you. Hmm. Well that's that's a pretty good pretty good addition to the mechanics it allows you to go back and get the anima you used exactly and but the the cool thing is there um i haven't made it there yet but i had i did read upon uh like someone's review that 
you could uh, reanimate forgotlings later on. I guess ones that have been distilled or you know something, something happened to them, and you, and you can reanimate them with the anima. So you you reanimate the ones you actually need to use and different crap like that. So oh, that's cool. So what? It makes them like companions. Um, it either makes them companions or most likely you're gonna get information from them. Yeah, would would be what I gathered. So it because it it is it does have all the elements that you need really in a game. Uh, you got the mystery, you got the action, you got the puzzle, you got kind of the adventure. I mean, it's really an, a good all around game to play if you you know, like any of that type of stuff and more story driven. And it kind of reminds me of you know those I guess point and click adventures or the mystery search games, uh, but. You know, you actually actually get to do stuff. It's more action oriented than oh, I'm gonna click here and it's gonna move the next screen for me type shit. So yeah, so it's like a, a choose your own like a sort of like a choose your own adventure type thing. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. You make your decisions sort of like you know that what's that old book Zork or something like that. Yeah, yeah, Legend of Zork. Yeah, so you would like oh, I want to do that choice, and then so it would send you down a certain path or something would happen like like i was describing before at the beginning where the the scarf busts in the house you have a couple of choices you can sit there and say oh i don't believe you and just keep talking and then it like busts out your glass and runs away mm-hmm. or you can just immediately say um or like hit your little <laughs> your anima vision i think is what we're going to refer it to here Anyway, you hit that, and you can actually distill the little scarf and fill your anima on your glove, and then no more scarf animation. So, <laughs> well, the part I liked in the game, I was watching you, and you had to do an interrogation. Oh yes, of a guy. What was the interrogation? Like a stereo or something? It was a grandfather clock. Grandfather clock. That's what it was. And you're like. Okay, tell me what's up. And the dude's like, I ain't telling you nothing. The revolution's going to Oh, no, no, no. That was a clock. Was it a... That was a clock. That was the uh, clock that the cop had found and locked up. Yeah. And he tells me he wasn't going to do anything. So I was like, started sucking the anima out of him for a second. And he's like, oh, stop. (laughs) Yeah, he was like ready to talk then. I was like, that is cool. It was really neat. I mean, I'm not really all about waterboarding people or, you know, stuff like that. But... (laughs) <laughs> but Zach is. Uh, when he did it, I did think it was pretty cool, though. It was pretty I will waterboard it. whoever needs it. Because like, that dude was not going to say anything. Yeah, it's like bad all. cop, worst cop. And he's like, hey, I'm both. And a forgotten aunt is like this cute little uh, woman. And she's like, all right. Just start sucking the life out of this man. <laughs> you won't hurt and me. Now, yes, I will. I will hurt you. He goes, you look like Snow White. I am the evil queen. <laughs> just start sucking the blood out of her. She's all. just a witch. It's really cool. The Forgotten Hand is really nice. I told you that day when we were streaming, I was like, this game reminds me of something. It reminds me of two things, two movies. What? One is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Okay, mm-hmm. yes. Because all the animated characters right, and stuff. Right, of course. And then two is a movie called Howl's Moving Castle. Ooh, I didn't see this. This movie is awesome, by the way. If you've never seen it, check it out. It's a, it's an anime style movie but it's got the same uh animation as forgotten Anne, and it's a beautiful movie it's a beautiful game forgotten Anne looks just like that movie and i was pretty amazed by this game it's really nice 
Um, highly recommend this game's only $19.99, by the way. It's brand new. Yes. So it's a great experience, 20 bucks. You can't beat that. I think at one point it was like $17.99. I'm not sure why there's $2 off, but it was there. Yeah. Well, it was an introductory price a lot of times. Most likely. Games yeah. do that. It's de- it's definitely well worth the money as far as what I've got to play so far. So if you get a chance, check it out. It's on Steam. It yeah. is on Steam. It's on uh, PlayStation Four and Xbox as well. It's it's only on Steam, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> It'll play just as well on your PlayStation Four and Xbox. I don't know about the I don't know about the PlayStation uh, Four and Xbox. I I know that they have uh, lesser equipment than PCs. It's fine. Oh my gosh! So Scott, you have any more thoughts to add to Forgotten? And um, no, it uh, you guys covered it pretty well. It looks like a really good game, though. I'd, you should play it. I'm, I would be interested in giving it a shot. I may may try it out. Yeah, if you yep. like a you feel like a choose your own adventure, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Check this game out. It's really cool. You'll like it a lot, guys. I promise you. I that. really had fun distilling those creatures. <laughs> Ooh, I bet more of distilling will happen on our channel, Horton Brothers Grimm. This is definitely going to happen. Another live stream. So, guys, go over to Horton Brothers Grim YouTube channel. We're going to talk about that a lot, so get get used to it. Go over to our channel. Check it out. There's lots of videos coming out on that channel, by the way. you probably heard the commercial already, so I'll shut up, man. Mm-hmm. But that'll be the end of our discussion on the game Forgotten and a short and sweet for a very sweet game. Awesome guys, game. Well, enjoy this next commercial break. I do not know what it's going to be about. I haven't figured that out yet. But enjoy it anyway. It's going to be and about PCs. I, it's going to be about the PC Master Race. Master Race. <laughs> Whatever. I think uh, Mr. Bean's in that movie. If you have questions Master about race. the Master Race, just uh, comment below. Oh, wait a second. Don't type in Master Race without the word PC in front of it. Okay, guys? Don't yeah, Google that me. would be bad. <laughs> Don't Google that. Don't Google just Master Race, please. We do not want to be associated with that. Anyway, enjoy the break. We'll see you in just a minute with... Our conversation about GoldenEye007 for the Nintendo 64. Okay gamers, Chris here again. Did you know you could get a curated bundle of games worth over $100 for just 12 bucks a month? It's true, and Humble Monthly does just that. Use our partner link, tiny.cc slash Horton Click on the monthly tab and sign up today. If you're a first time buyer, you will receive 10% off your first purchase. Don't worry, they don't send you worthless games. No siree. Each game is selected based on user reviews on Steam. Only positive reviewed games qualify. Remember, use our humble link, tiny.cc slash Horton to check out Humble Monthly today to get awesome games, support charity, and support this podcast. Now, back to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back from the break. Thank you so much for sticking around to hear about our game from the past, which is one of the best games ever, GoldenEye 007. And I would like to thank my good friend Wade for recommending us to talk about this. And now we are doing it. So, Wade, this is an appreciation of your support of the podcast for leaving a rating and a suggestion of a topic. Thank you so much. All right, so GoldenEye 007 appeared on the Nintendo 64 in 
the year of 1997. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. This game is a trendsetter. This game, if it wasn't for this game, a lot of the games we know of right now wouldn't exist, most likely, because this thing started it all. It is a single-player, first-person shooter. It has a single-player story mode, which is excellent, and a four-player split-screen multiplayer mode, which is was crazy. Crazy at the time. It wasn't. There was games like Doom, Wolfenstein, things like that. Sure, but they were all PC. Mm-hmm. And people who created the games for the PC were very weary about putting these kind of games on consoles because of the controls. And it made it made sense the Super Nintendo and the Nintendo couldn't have handled this kind of game because it didn't have the analog 3D motions and stuff. So once you know, Nintendo 64 PlayStation came out, these kind of controllers, analog joysticks were there. So Go 907 pops up. And this game was developed over a two and a half year period by an inexperienced team led by Martin Hollis, who I do not know who that is, but thank you, Martin <laughs> Hollis. <laughs> you are the man. And the guy, he he'd really, he had uh, previously worked on Killer Instinct on Arcade. Full gore. Pretty awesome game in its own right. Orchid. Orchid's my favorite. <laughs> co- 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 combo Breaker. Combo Breaker. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love those memories. That game might be something we talk about one day, too. Oh, we're definitely going to be talking about Killer Instinct soon. <laughs> So this game was previously supposed to be an on-the-rails shooter, so it was just supposed to be like guys coming at you and you're shooting and killing and then moving on. It just carries you through the game. But they redesigned it as a free-roaming shooter, and people were kind of like very weary about that. They weren't too sure about it, but it turned out to be the right decision because they sold over 8 million copies worldwide. Yeah, yeah. Third best-selling in Nintendo 64 game. And I, I, sorry, I did not look that up, what this other two was. It was right? number one is Buck Bumble. I'm <laughs> sure it was Mario 64 and Ocarina of Time. Probably. Bet. Mario 64 and Ocarina of Time were great. Oh, yes. Fantastic And games. so was Buck Bumble. Hey. Yeah. Buck Bumble. I love that game. That was fun. Yeah, I don't think, but they probably sold about 500,000 copies of that game. <laughs> and, or uh, Conquered Bad Fur Day. Yeah. Oh, Conquered Bad Fur Day was awesome. And we could go on a list of games on Nintendo 64, but we will refrain. <laughs> because we could sit here all day talking about that. Yeah. This game is considered one of the most important games in history because of the first-person shooters. It demonstrated that consoles could handle it. Consoles mm-hmm. could handle this genre, and people would buy it, and people would play it. Because multiplayer mode was probably the most memorable thing about this game mm-hmm. for me. Because we would play this game together on split screen. And all three of us would accuse all three of us. You screen, of, screen cheating bastards. You, you screen you snipers. <laughs> you screen sniping bastards. Chris was the worst one. Scott was the worst one. Shit. But this is what we argued and you about knew, right there. And you knew when somebody was looking at your screen, because where are you guys at would be said multiple times. While they were staring at your screen. Where <laughs> the are prob- you? What the problem is, we're playing this on like a 20-inch, 25-inch CRT yeah. screen. I know that, that. God, it was horrible. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't help but see the other person. I'm sorry. You mean, there's no cheaters. You just couldn't help it. You just happened to look. You're looking at the same TV. That Chris was a cheater. No, it's not the cheaters. <laughs> Zach is a cheater. And he also has a bad temper when you kill him a lot, but it's okay. 
<laughs> I used to. I don't play those games anymore for that reason. And uh, <laughs> so GoldenEye 007 is considered one of the greatest games ever. You know, it really is. And because it's in its own, it has that something special about it. You know, you just, when you think about it, it gives you good feelings. You know, you think it's just one of those happy feelings like Super Mario 3. You know, you think of that game, you're like, ah, oh, yes, great game. Just you think or about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game on the regular yes. Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. The arcade a, version oh, was so good. So good. So good. That, Ninja Turtles was made for that game, for that genre. Uh, how they set it up. The first one, ugh. God, the cool. arcade version, beautiful. So as as we all know, GoldenEye is a first-person shooter. And we get to take the role of James Bond. And the story mode of this game is really good, too. What I liked a lot about it is you got three different uh, difficulty modes. You could pick uh, just an agent, and I think you were a secret agent, and then you were a 007 agent. Mm-hmm. And each, what was cool about it, if you picked the easy one, it only gave you like two or three tasks to do in that level. But if you picked 007, you had like five or six, you know, and it made it, and it was a little tougher uh, AI, but not a, not a big difference in AI. It was just more about having to get all that stuff done without getting killed because then you would have to encounter more enemies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the thing about it was you didn't get, because of the extra tasks, you didn't get any extra time. You just, I think right. some of the stuff was timed too, wasn't it? Yeah, you had time, uh, timed activities that you had to do in a certain amount of time, or for a certain thing happened. Mm-hmm. And the and if that happened, boom, you'd automatically dead. You couldn't do anything about it. Um, the the story mode was really good. I played through it a lot, and you also could unlock characters by playing through it and and actually accomplishing certain feats. If you would beat it in a certain amount of time, you could unlock other characters to use the multiplayer mode. There was also cool. a, a, a similar game that came out later on with the expansion pack and everything was Perfect Dark. Yes, Perfect Dark was kind of a spiritual successor to GoldenEye. It was the same people made it. Uh, yeah. Rare made it. Yeah. And per- Perfect Dark was excellent. Rare made excellent. a lot of games for the 64. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a shame Microsoft owns Rare now. They have took like Banjo-Kazooie, but then they made that stupid Banjo game where you built vehicles and crap oh god no no banjo tooie was good yeah no, it was, was banjo kazooie and tooie were fine then they made another one for the xbox 360 that was like now they also did conquers but that was before microsoft so yeah conquers was on the 64 yes so rare has a has a good reputation they've made tons of great games donkey kong country for instance yeah oh um, they made the first set of those donkey kong country 2 donkey kong country 3 so GoldenEye 007 just stands out above all of those games. All those great games. GoldenEye, seriously, like, boom. Top three on Nintendo 64. So this is how awesome GoldenEye, GoldenEye is. It was my favorite of the 64 games. I, 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 played, a, I played several of them, but GoldenEye, GoldenEye 007 was, was the best of those, in my opinion. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. You know what the cool thing about this game when we play multiplayer mode? It had all these different guns you could use. Mm-hmm. Uh, the golden guns, and what I remember a lot, was one shot kills. You could set up for one shot kills, and the golden gun. Or that like, was a mode for golden gun. So if you found the golden gun, you could you had one shot kills, but the other players did not. But then when you could edit the game modes, so I'm saying like 
that's one of the things it did. You could edit the game modes and change it to how you want. You could make a you know one shot kills. You could make it where you can only punch each other. You could you know have slap fights and stuff. Mm-hmm. Snap and, and tickle. <laughs> I remember the Moonraker laser gun was cool. That was you bad could shoot ass. people through the walls, right? Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. You could shoot people through the freaking walls with this thing, and it showed their heat, you know, their heat path or whatever that's called. Uh, it was pretty neat. So yeah, the, the weaponry and stuff on the game was cool. Had lots of cool weapons. Right. One of the things, uh, of course, it, we've talked about how it's cited as one of the best video games of all time. Two thousand seven, GamePro made a list. They placed it ninth in the fifty-two most important video games of all time. Which is pretty impressive. That's a pretty good list. 52 of the most important games of all time. It is a mm-hmm. lot of games. And I'm glad that yeah. we, we were able to play that while we were growing up. <laughs> yeah. We were very lucky that we were, you know, when plus we were like in our teenage years. We were old enough to go pick up the game because we had a job and things like that, you know. Right. Or Scott had a job. At least. Well, I didn't have one. You didn't have one yet. You're almost there. Stay at the house. I still don't have a job. I'm just kidding. I got a job. <laughs> <laughs> Then it was also put on a list of the 60 most influential games, which they put it at 53rd. What? Why? Why yeah. so? Um, this was called Rowan Kaiser of 1up.com. He put it Sounds at like a Kaiser. And that, that's clickbait. <laughs> that's clickbaity there. That 53rd out of 60 of the most influential games, that's ridiculous. Come on. Yeah, I, I just can't imagine. I can't imagine 52 more games that were more important than this one. I mean, it was... It was the predecessor to literally game changing. I mean, you're you're talking <laughs> about Call of Duty. You're talking about Halo and all those games in that particular genre, the first person shooter. <clears throat> I mean, it, it was the reason, in my opinion, a lot of these other games happened. I mean, you know, how does how does that get fifty two? How do, how do fifty two more games do better than that? I mean, I I don't know. Yeah, that that's you know a writer's trying to piss people off and get that get people to comment and share it mm-hmm. when they do stuff like that. Seriously, come on, fifty third out of sixty, no, no. And then two thousand eleven, IGN journalists placed the multiplayer mode at seventeenth in their list of the top one hundred video game moments. Now that's 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 a pretty good position in that list, I would say. Oh yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. The multi- and that was just singling out the multiplayer mode. Yeah. Which, of course, was what, what one of the biggest deals it had. I love and, it, the multiplayer. And in 2010, Nintendo Power listed GoldenEye as one of the greatest multiplayer expenses in Nintendo history. Duh. It is the <laughs> best. It's well, like the best. One of the best. One of the best. Well, before uh, Splatoon and all that came out, which I know that that's pretty hyped up these days. Splatoon is pretty big. Mario yeah. Kart multiplayer was fun. And it gets you... I Yeah, Splatoon is a good game as well, you know, just to... You know, it also gets you to where it's just like shooting paint and stuff instead of actual bullets. But it's I'd rather shoot the bullets. Just, just saying. <laughs> so yeah, that's a lot of its accolades. It has. It's been on list and upon list upon list upon list of best of all time game lists. I mean, it's been on all of them. I'm quite sure. One section of the music. I, I, I was actually looking up. I, I started googling. Hey, let's look up Golden Eye 007 music. And then I got to think it. This is James Bond music. Duh. It's good. You know, it's all you <laughs> yeah. need to know. Dun, 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 dun. Scott's got a train. Yes, there's a train. How do, like, how do, how, how do, how, how do, what? 
It's a hundred yeah. yards from my house, dude. Come on. <laughs> it is right turn, there. Turn the game down. <laughs> turn it down. So yeah, well, I'll have to edit that out later, guys. <laughs> That'll be fun. It's a blue yeah. snowball, man. Come on. There's no really. There's really no huh? gain adjustment. <laughs> You're not supposed no, to be using a blue that. snowball. He's waiting on this thing to come in. Anyway, let's finish up this conversation about Goldeneye here. I did write a little review here. Oh, there's a review. Let's see. Yes, I did write a review. I want it. I want to hear this review. So here it is, guys. Here it is. GoldenEye 007 is a game that provided many hundreds of hours of entertainment for myself. I'll never forget how much fun it was to play three-player split-screen and having an accusation party with both of you on who was looking at whose screen, although we all three were doing it, because it wasn't really hard to do since it was all on the same TV. I wasn't doing it. (laughs) He was doing it. It's lies. I was pinpointing that they were doing it. (laughs) At the time, I didn't realize what type of impact this game had on video game creation as a whole, but looking back, I see how much influence this game had on many of the most popular games of today. Halo, Call of Duty, Overwatch, Fortnite, PUBG, and others wouldn't exist without GoldenEye showing game developers that a first-person shooter was viable on a console. My favorite part of this game was the story mode. I played it over and over and trying to get all the missions on double-O agent mode. GoldenEye was an excellent movie, and I love seeing all the classic James Bond characters pop up in the game, especially unlocking them from multiplayer. That's my little review I wrote. Thank you. Pulitzer Prize winning. Yay. Nicely It's just a good memory game. It's, just, it's, it's, it's one of those games you think back, and you're like, ah, yes, the good days. That review yeah. was full of facts, except for the fact that there was only a two-player cheating party. Yeah, you and you and Chris cheated. No, you and you and Chris. No, no, Scott and Zach all day. I never cheated. Scotty Waddy cheater and and Chris were the cheaters. I would always always look up at the ceiling if I couldn't figure out stuff on the game. I would never ever look at the other squares on the screen of the same TV I was looking at. Ever. I don't trust him. Well, anyway, that game was awesome. I mean, seriously, it's the best, and it's fun talking about it. But that's all I got to say about the game. You guys have anything to add? That's all I got to say about that. No. Oh, you, oh, I'm sorry, no. Scott. Go ahead. I reckon that's about it. I I enjoyed the game. It was one, of, like I said, it was it was one of my favorite, if not my very favorite, Nintendo 64 game. Well, no. I can't say it was my very favorite. It was one of my favorites because Buck Bumble, I really enjoyed playing I'm that I'm telling game. you, Buck Bumble was what? the shit. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, Buck Bumble. Get the fuck out of here with Fuck Bumble. <laughs> oh, really? That's his name now? Oh, his name's no. Fuck Bumble. Oh, my God. Get out of here. That game's terrible. Oh, no, I'm, I'm telling you, the what game was awesome. What game. It's the, what? The game was awesome? No. I loved it, dude. It's no. like one of my faves. I'll I mean, say this real quick. Oh, I did go enjoy GoldenEye, though. So. Talk about your fuck bumble. Oh, my God. <laughs> but anyway, I was going to say, I forgot to mention, I, after I got to researching and everything, I remembered they had made a remake of 007 GoldenEye for the Wii. So I decided oh. to go pick it up at my local GameStop. And it was like 15 bucks. I ended up picking up a classic controller because I, the motion controls were terrible for the game. And so I went and picked up a classic controller. And first of all, classic controller Nintendo, I had to bitch at you. I never bought one when I had a Wii before. This thing's crap. It's only good for the emulators that you can put on it. 
Yeah, it's only good for the Super Nintendo games and stuff. This thing's the joysticks on it are too close together. I mean, it's like rubbing, trying to rub two nipples on somebody's belly. Mm-hmm. It's the worst. It don't make sense. It just makes no sense. Why is there two nipples on this person's belly so close together? Why is there nipples on their belly in the first place? Exactly. This is true. It's a good question. Mm-hmm. That's what these joysticks make me think of. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, GoldenEye on 007 for the Wii. I did not care for it. They did change it up a lot. They kept some of the levels similar. I did try to play through a few of the levels. But if you're going to play GoldenEye 007, guys, don't do what I did. Don't go buy the Wii version. Go ahead and find you the original. Old 64, 64. controller, cartridge, yeah, whole nine yards. Get it all. Spend the money. It's worth it. Because yep. the remake sucks. Anyway, that's all I got to say now. I'm done talking about GoldenEye 007. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Horton Brothers Grand Video Game Podcast. But of course, before we leave, we're going to tell you about where you can find us. So, Zach, start off. Tell everybody where they can find you out there on the internet, please, sir. Of course, it's uh, at Genova Destro on Twitter, Genova Destro on YouTube, and Genova Destro on Twitch. And, Scott, you could do the same thing, my good sir. Um, on YouTubes at the channel The Games of Death. Death is spelled D-E-T-H. Um, I will at some point be uploading, uh, videos to Horton Brothers Grimm YouTube channel. Go check that out. And that's all I got to say about that. Hey guys, you can find me out there, uh, at Bang Bang Potato on YouTube. You can find me Bang Bang Potato 1 on Twitter. And bang, Instagram bang. is... Potato! And Instagram is Bang Bang Potato as well. Now, you can also find this podcast at hortonbrothersgrim.com you can find all the links to where you can watch it or not watch it but listen to it and you can listen to segments of this podcast on our youtube channel horton brothers grim lots of let's plays and everything there horton brothers grim only the best segments get to the youtube channel they're most of the time i'm the one speaking all the segments will be there guys (laughs) oh sorry zach sorry Sorry. i was not informed of this and of course our twitter is at horton grim Check us out. Leave us a little tweet. Tweet at us. Retweet us. Follow us. And all that good stuff. And don't forget, guys, go to iTunes. And if you can, if you have iTunes, please go there. Rate us five stars. Leave a comment. Say Scotty Waddy Potty rules. (laughs) It's all good. (laughs) And I do have one shout out at this point in the podcast. One shout out for another podcast who has left us a rating and supported us. Without these other two guys knowing, I haven't told them about it. But this podcast is called For Better or Worse. It's a married couple, and they talk about uh, movies and stuff that they normally wouldn't watch. They force the other one. One like He will force his wife to uh, watch a movie that she would normally not watch, and then they discuss it. Oh, same wow. thing. She, she does the same to him. It's really entertaining, very good podcast. And it's called For Better or Worse. So go check them out, guys. They, have, they were so kind to leave us a rating, and a review on iTunes. So thank you so much for better or worse podcast. All right, guys, well, that's going to finish up this edition. We really appreciate you so much and we'll see you for the next episode. We have forgot to discuss the next games, so we haven't got that for you this time. I apologize, but we will next time. We'll have that prepared. I got the the retro game for that next, for the next one, right? No, no, no. Yeah, I think so. No, he doesn't. I had present game this time. I had future this time, so I get retro next time. The fuck you don't. You get present. 
Well, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss this and figure it out for you guys. Future. We'll figure this out for you guys. And we'll be back for episode five in two weeks. Thank you so much for listening. We'll let these two guys battle it out after we leave. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a great day, night, morning, whatever you're experiencing right now. And we will see you on the next podcast. Have a great one. Later. Bye.